Welcome to the Entrepreneur Cast, your source for tactical lessons in entrepreneurship from a cast of entrepreneurs. I'm Sam McRoberts. And I'm Jason Demers. And today we're going to talk about what the fuck is wrong with the USA right now and what the fuck should entrepreneurs do about it. Seriously, man, the, the U.S. is fucked right now. And what, of course, what we're talking about is, is the pandemic response, the coronavirus. It is out of control. I think I saw a stat that the state of Florida just the other day had 11,000 new cases. That's more than all of the EU combined. And we're talking about in just a single state. The U.S. as a whole is up in the 50,000 per day range as of this recording, which is uh, July 7th. So, Sam, what the fuck is wrong with the U.S.? Dude, I I don't know. I I don't really. No, that's not true. I mean, I kind of I kind of do know. I think I, I feel know. Like things, <laughs> I feel like things just took a, a turn for the worse when Trump came into office, and it wasn't it wasn't Trump specifically. I, I think he was more of a, a symptom than a cause. Although he is a compounding symptom, I just think that the way that things are shifting politically in the U.S. that led to someone like Trump being elected. I think that was kind of the the tipping the tipping point, and Trump has just made it so much worse, so, <laughs> so much worse. I, I completely agree. Trump is he is the problem, but also a symptom of a problem. So, so we're, it's July seventh right now. So on July fourth, that's that's uh, Independence Day in the U.S. In case you're a listener outside the U.S. And on July fourth, that's typically like an, a, it's a big American summer holiday. Everybody likes to get outside, be in the sunshine, you know, grill up burgers and hot dogs and drink beer and and sort of enjoy this enjoy the sun the sun and the summer and water and friends and so on. So myself and my wife and my family we all, you know, quarantined like all of the government officials were asking us to do. But lots of video and images came out from the July 4th weekend of people partying with no social distancing, thousands of people, you know, hundreds or thousands of people packed in tight spaces, all wearing swimming gear and essentially just <laughs> very little social distancing, no, no face masks, no regard at all for the fact that we're still in a pandemic. And I see that happening. And I, I feel like I, I don't, I, okay, granted, I don't pay that much attention to foreign media, but did we see that kind of shit happening in Italy when their cases were at the, when their cases were sort of the, the pinnacle of the world? Did we see that happening in China? Did we see it happening anywhere else? Or is this just so, a U.S. thing? Not just a U.S. thing. I mean, they also saw something similar in the U.K. And then just the way it, the way it was handled in general in Sweden was kind of whatever business as usual, at least until things got bad and they, they changed their tune. But it's not really an apples to apples comparison because of the way that the the EU is structured, right? Like a country in the EU is the size of you know a fraction of a state in the US. Like you can drive all the way across the EU in a day, and it would take you many days to get all the way across the US. Like it just in terms of sheer scale. And then at the same time, you know, because of that, because these countries are relatively small and some of them have border control, some of them don't, but Essentially, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to crack down and contain things when you have government, country level government power in a, relati a relatively small space. And then at the same time, I think it's just there's a very different, I don't know, a different attitude 
in most of Europe than in America. I've thought about this a lot. I don't, I don't think it boils down to any one particular thing, but I have this, this theory, which is essentially America over time has self-selected for rebels and renegades and, you know, the disobedient outlier people. Like that's what America has been for the longest time. It's the place that attracts the people who want a better life, who are willing to work for it, the people who don't want to play ball with the country they were born in, who they're willing to take risks and take chances and be entrepreneurial. Like that's kind of what America attracts. And so through a combination of just time and genetics and attracting those sorts of people, I, I do think America is kind of a melting pot of rebellious motherfuckers. And we're seeing now, maybe for the first time, in a long time, just what that looks like when people don't want to play ball with what's going on. And we've talked about this on a couple previous episodes. And it's hard. Like this is this is really hard. You know, we still don't have great data on COVID. There's been a lot of misinformation, including from the US government, absolute outright lies about things like masks. Masks aren't effective. Well, actually, all right, fine. Masks are effective, but we didn't want you to know that because we needed them for first responders. That was stupid. Way to way to sow distrust with the public in in government. And I don't know, man. It's just a it's just a huge fucking mess. And the U.S. is handling it very poorly. And it's having, you know, as we can clearly see, a great deal of business and life repercussions. It's nuts. So who's more to blame? The American people for, for essentially being like, you know, like it's like herding cats. You can't really do it because they all, you know, they're all too sort of independent and re- rebellious. Or is it the leadership of the country or is it a combination of both? Combination, of course. I mean, it's always it's always a mix. It's usually, I I would say it is almost never down to a single party mm. or point of failure. But I think the initial response in the U.S. was poor. It wasn't it wasn't well handled. And again, this is this is a problem in part because of the structure of the U.S. Like, yes, we have a federal government, but we also have state level governments, city level level governments, and each each group has a different set of powers and responsibilities. And state governments tend to resent the federal government stepping on their toes, and vice versa. I, I think I think because power in the U.S. is so fragmented in this way that it's very difficult to have one cohesive response, especially when simultaneously people are very fragmented and polarized politically. And so, you know, this, this, I think, unfortunately got sucked into that maelstrom and has become politicized. So it's almost like wearing a mask is a left-wing thing and not wearing a mask is a right-wing thing. So it, so I'm, I'm hearing, and it's just fucking stupid. Oh, it's so stupid. And here's the thing, you know, wearing a mask is not a fucking political statement it's not wearing a mask that is a fucking political statement. You know, wearing a mask is a health precaution that intelligent people do that they, that they make that they take. And I, yeah. And, and I get it like the political. All right, let's, let's start with political labels. So in the U S you have essentially a two party system with some other small parties in there. The two parties, Republican, Democrat, those words, Republican, Democrat, and, and the labels left, right, conservative, liberal, like, I don't even know what those mean at this point. I feel like the meaning of each has shifted so much over time. I'm not sure anybody really has a very clear meaning. So for the purpose of this, I will give you what I perceive the most accurate meaning to be. So Please do, yeah. 
Republican right-wing conservative tends to be focused on slow changes, traditional values, focusing on individual freedoms over group freedoms, right? Each individual is the the prime, you know, unit of currency, I guess. And that that seems to be that seems to be the right. And then the left being more more interested in benefits to the group as a whole. Less individual freedoms, more uh, upside for the whole group and willing to change things more quickly, even if maybe sometimes that breaks stuff and much more poo-pooish of tr- at least some traditional traditional values and approaches. It, does that does that sound roughly right to you? I'm I'm considering this because when you when you're talking about personal freedoms, I'm I'm thinking about an issue. Let's talk about like gay rights. Okay, so you know on the left is generally pro gay rights. The right is generally anti gay rights, and I say generally there, because I know there are always exceptions. But that's the general there, trend, yeah. right? I don't know. I don't know if that's it. I, and I think I think on the left, it's. It's saying saying essentially, hey, the rights and perceptions of this tiny group supersede the individual freedoms and the majority. Like that's that's kind of how it seems, and I think that's why the right the right pushes back because the right the right is saying, hey, look, like individuals have have maximum freedom. If I don't want to respect or care about somebody because their beliefs differ from mine, like that's fine. I don't have to. And on the left, it's look like everybody. Everybody needs to be able to be whoever they want to be and label however they want to label, and we're going to protect that even if the majority doesn't doesn't like it. So it's it still I think fits into that framework of the left. The left is about what's good for the group, not not one individual or at you know at the individual level, but but maybe. And right, this is where it kind of gets fuzzy yeah, because it it's not it's it's not always clear. And I I think in reality, like deep down in the U.S., the vast majority of people. Are probably centrist and somewhere slightly right or left of, of center. But most people essentially like they want individual freedoms and protections and they want to be able to work and have a, a safe home and access to medical care. They want their families to be protected, their children to have a good education. They want responsible people in charge. They don't want to be taxed too much. They don't want the, the money that they are taxed to be wasted or misused. I, they want the freedom to either be religious or not. They want the freedom to speak their mind and not be judged or assaulted for it. Like I think most people are more centrist and very reasonable. And I think what we're really seeing in the media is just the extreme right and the extreme left. I fucking hope so, man, because with an election coming up, we need, we need reasonableness to prevail in this election. The problem, the problem is that the, the extremes tend to be very loud, and because the media makes their money off of ad views, they mm-hmm. give a lot of play to the loudest, most emotionally inciting groups. And unfortunately, what that does is sh- makes the whole group perceive that things are a certain way. So, like, I, I very carefully curated what I do and don't access media wise, and even I still see this. I see just how polarized it it feels, and so like my eyes and ears are telling me things are one way, and my gut and my mind is telling me, you know what, it's probably not quite, it's probably not quite the way it looks. But at the same time, even if it's not quite the way it looks, people are very mimetic. And unfortunately, they're going to try and do what they think the group is doing, even if it's not what the group is doing. And so if the media makes it look like their group is doing X, they may jump in line just to fit into the group, even if that's not really an accurate picture of the whole or even the majority, which is crazy. That's the bandwagon effect, right? One of those. Well, cognitive- what is it? The, the, 
the bystander effect. Everybody thinks somebody else is going to do something, so everybody just stands there and does nothing. Oh, that's a good one. Just to give some context for, for any new listeners, Sam is a world traveler. And you, what, what country are you in now, Sam? Serbia. Serbia. And a few episodes ago, you were in Croatia. And before that, where were you? Spain. Spain, Spain before that. And UK before that. Romania before that. Like, we, dude, we've been all over. So you... And- you're an American citizen, but you've been you've been world traveling for a few years now. And I've been in the U.S. for about two and a half years. So you have a unique perspective then on what do other countries, other cultures, what did what do they think about our stupid asses here in the U.S.? They see our complete lack of ability to control this the, the coronavirus, whereas other countries have largely gotten it under control, flattened the curve, as they say. Well, we haven't. We're we never even made it out of the first wave, and now the first wave is bigger than ever. As I as we're recording this, so what are people saying and thinking? What's the general consensus? You know what? What's the mood like with regard to Americans? Right, right now it's not great. I mean, I feel like people are are seeing that and just thinking, "What the fuck is wrong with these?" That's people? what we're asking. That's this episode. <laughs> what the and, fuck and, is wrong with us? And and that's like that's how it's starting to to seem obviously, right? You know, the, yeah. the EU is essentially not allowing Americans into the EU because Americans are being stupid and until America gets things under control, they're too high risk. Like that's crazy. America has one of the best passports in the world in terms of access to countries and to see it being treated like some third tier passport because people in the US are too stupid to take simple steps to it, it do, I just I, I it's never mind, thought mind boggling never thought I would ever see yeah. a day where Americans are the subject of a travel ban <laughs> you know Trump was, right? He right? was doing his travel bans oh or, you know, early in his presidency and now we're the ones getting travel banned because of him and because of yeah, our well, own I mean, stupid asses and we can't fucking obey the goddamn oh man gets gets well, me going I, I'll, I'll give it to <laughs> him in, in this way man. i guess i guess in a way trump got his wall but instead of along <laughs> just the mexican border now it's all over the world and all there's a big fat world. wall preventing americans from going other places so good job jackass you you got your walls <laughs> yeah this is ridiculous like so i started i, I started asking and, you know, when we started traveling, I started talking to people, you know, hey, yeah, yeah, we're from America. What do you think? Have you been there? Like, what's what's your perception of that? And consistently, when I first started traveling, it was, oh, America's great. Land of the opportunity, land of promise, land of businesses and entrepreneurs. And I'm sorry about Trump. He seems like an asshole. But like, everybody, <laughs> sorry every, about Trump. Every, everybody goes through their moment. You know, everybody has to have their their dictator, their fascist. Like, everybody, everybody gets one of these people in charge at some point. And in Europe, you know, that's, that's very common. What was Cochescu in Romania or Mussolini or, you know, like they, everybody's, everybody's had their fucking dictator except the U S the U S hasn't had their, their jackass dictator moment. Now they're having it. And so from that perspective, like the perspective of Trump, people are like, yeah, well, Trump's an idiot, but the U S is still great and he'll, he'll be gone. Right. He's not going to be around forever. But now with the coronavirus, I do feel like things are shifting. Now it's like, well, all right, this obviously isn't just a Trump problem. The American people can see data. They can see what other countries are doing. Like, why aren't they taking steps? Like, aren't they smarter than this? And unfortunately, now the world is starting to see that the answer is no. <laughs> unfortunately not. And it's crazy. It, it just, so like, like here, right? The vast majority of people in Serbia right now 
if they're even outside, they're wearing masks. Vast majority. I would say eight out of 10 people that I see are wearing masks just outside. And it's 100% Great. once you get inside of buildings. like Because there's, there's a law in place. You are not allowed to go into a public place without a mask on. Can't ride public transport without a mask on. You can't be closer than one and a half meters to somebody. Any, any store, uh, any indoor space that allows people in has to have a minimum of, what is it? It's like three square meters worth of worth of space per per person and they're they're you know this is this is serbia man i'm in serbia like the last thing i heard about serbia you know before coming here i hadn't heard anything about serbia since the 90s when it was a war-torn country being bombed by the eu and now you know it looks pretty much like just about any other european country maybe a little on the the poorer side but still quite nice infrastructure could use a little work but they're on the fucking ball when it comes to handling covid and they've you know they haven't done a perfect job they they're struggling i think a little more than some other countries but they're obviously trying and the people are paying attention and they're trying and yeah i i don't see crowds of people out sitting at the beach with no masks on well, let me ask you this is it a is is there is there conflicting messaging in Serbia, you know, from one side saying, yeah, you don't need to wear a mask versus another side that's saying uh, you should wear a mask. That's a good idea. No. I mean, the government basically stepped in and said, here's what you have to do. You'll do it. And if you don't do it, you're going to be fined. Like, and that's the way it's been in most of the EU. The government absolutely had a very clear message from the top down. This is what you need to do. And they were constantly listening to the advice of the medical community and observing what was and wasn't working in other countries and then making decisions accordingly, and then putting it into law. You know, like in Hungary, the fines for going out outside of Hungary was Hungary was very strict. You there were only certain hours of the day you were allowed out to go shopping or to go for a walk or take your dog out. And if you violated those those hours, the fines were massive, like many many thousands of euros and doubling for each concurrent offense. So you could end up paying you know tens of thousands of euros in fines if you if you fuck around. In the U.S., no, no consistent message from the top down, no consistent message at the state level, no consistent message from medical professionals. It's just been a shit show. No, it's been a shit show, and it's all been political. So, democratic uh, states with democratic governors have been the ones that have been promoting the, uh, you know, the the wearing of masks, the shutting shutting down. But the Republican governors who are essentially cozying up to Trump are the ones who are saying, eh, masks are optional, social distancing is optional, and we're going to go ahead and reopen even though we didn't flatten the curve because we need money. We need our economy back. And and so now every they're all saying, oh shit, we fucked up. You know, now now that cases are worse and growing worse than ever, they're shutting back down again. And I think that Americans are sick and tired of it. Like we are tired of First, first of, there's two groups. There's the ones who are like me and Brit and and my family who we've been obeying the quarantine rules. We've been we have been sacrificing a lot of shit that we would have loved to do uh, in order to stay in and socially distance. If if we do go out, we wear a mask. And then there's the group the group of people who are in you know some of the red states who believe the fucking Fox News, which is which is just Republican propaganda that's all it is who say oh there's this is no big deal this is this is all just a hoax against trump led by the blue democrats because they're trying to Dude, win an election I, and th- I can't believe i can't believe something that's resulting in hundreds of thousands of deaths is now being politicized as some sort of 
yeah. conspiracy well, theory. It's, it's like, because Trump is a good, it's because he leads a cult and because people believe and hang on every word he says. And it, and the, the, the conservative media is raking in the money, preying off of these fucking sheep who follow him. And so they just parrot his bullshit because they're making money and to the extreme detriment of the country and of the world. Like this is, this is greed at its finest hour here. This is greed. It is capitalism gone, gone wrong. Here's, here's the crazy thing, right? So the U S at this point has spent what? $3 trillion worth of stimulus Uh, to, to help people out. Okay. $3 trillion. They could have bought like, 10 masks for every man, woman, and child in the U.S. for one one-thousandth of that, right? One one-thousandth, and this would already be over. It'd be done. Everybody would be able to, for the most part, get back to work. The economy would be fine. One one-thousandth of the money. So this, this, to me, really boils down to the mask thing. And this is like, I don't understand why people can't just shut their eyes, think about it for a second, and be like, oh, that makes sense. You could literally, you could take... Take a, a spray bottle, any spray bottle, right? Windex, I don't give a shit, whatever. Spray it, right? Hey, look at that, like mist in the air. It touches stuff. Wow. Okay, hold a fucking mask in front of it and do the same thing. Oh my God, there's no mist in the air. Just, stuff's <laughs> not wet. Just the mask is wet. Like, that, that's it. That's all you need to do. It's that simple. Like, yes, it's not. Masks aren't perfect. They don't catch everything, but they do reduce spray by a significant amount, which seems to be the key way that COVID is transmitted. People cough and sneeze and spray that out there, and it gets on people and stuff, and they get sick. So if you can reduce that by a significant percentage, if everybody is reducing that by a significant percentage, man, it's enormous. It's enormous. And that, that seems to be the primary difference between the U.S. and everywhere else in the world that has this under wraps, which is mask wearing and avoiding large crowds, right? Don't put yourself in a situation where you're most at risk to catch it and wear a fucking mask. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. Like I would expect even Americans to be able to, to wrap their heads around this. This is the thing. It's not hard, but we're not fucking doing it. And that is why we're asking this question. What the fuck is wrong with the USA? I think the message needs to be spun, right? The US has historically a very strong patriotic protective ethos. And I think it should be spun as heroic. For a buck and a little bit of discomfort, you can potentially be a hero, right? Somewhere between 40 and maybe even 75% of all people who get COVID never show symptoms or have almost none. So you could be a carrier. You could literally be killing people by going out without a mask. Isn't it a small thing to suffer a tiny bit of discomfort and a tiny bit of money to cover your face if you need to go out? And be a hero, potentially protect other people. Like there's no, there's no, there's minimal discomfort, right? The downside is minimal discomfort and the cost of a mask. And the upside is potentially saved lives. Like surely, surely Americans can get behind something that is low effort heroic. I I sure hope so. We need that message. And frankly, with with Trump, you know, spewing off about how he's the law and order president, quote unquote. You would think that he would see an opportunity to to be a to take a step further towards being a dictator, but but actually for some good and tell people, I command you to wear a mask. You know, he can't do it. He can't do it, unfortunately. So so as as a narcissist, right? He has low self image. All all of this mm-hmm. bullshit is projection. Unfortunately, that means that if he were to admit now that he was wrong. <laughs> 
that he can't do that. He can't admit that he was wrong in the past. He doesn't do it. He never does it. And so in order to backtrack and change tack, he would have to admit he was wrong previously. So he won't do it. He'll just double down and he'll keep doubling down. Like I don't ever expect to hear a, a change in stance from Trump. Yeah, not- I mean, that's, that's why, and that's why I think Trump is, I think that's why he is officially giving up. In a recent speech, Biden said that he's like, oh, you know, if he's a wartime president, then he's surrendering to the enemy right now. Yeah. And Dude, here's the thing. In a previous episode, Sam, we asked, like, the title of the episode was, have we given up on trying to contain the coronavirus? Well, Trump has. <laughs> well, that's just the thing. Have you seen this story that just came out within the last couple of days on Washington Post? And it was corroborated by NBC News. Well, the the word out of the White House and the White House and Trump's strategy is essentially to have no plan. The plan is to have no plan against coronavirus because they are what they want to do is essentially give up on trying to combat it in the hopes that the American people will become numb to the rising numbers of infections and deaths. And so that by the time election rolls around in early November, people won't care as much. It won't seem like such as such a big deal. And so it won't impact their, their negative opinion of Trump as much. So they're making a political strategic decision to give up on trying to fight the pandemic because giving up will make it seem less of a big, less of a big deal uh, rather than fighting a losing fight. This ties back to what I was saying about what, what I perceive as the definitions of right and left, right? And the right being all about individual freedoms and the left being more about protecting groups. So this is, a, this is a perfect case of that. It is, from the perspective of the right, apparently, it is better to make sure that the most people have the most freedom, even if it means some subset of the population has to die for it. And on the left, it's, hey, even if the majority of people have to suffer a bit to protect this smaller group, we're willing to we're willing to do that. Like that that seems to be the difference. And to be fair, again, like there probably needs to be some sort of balance, right? For I seem you know a large percentage of the people who die from COVID have existing sometimes very significant health issues. They're not healthy. A lot of them are already dying or close to death. And so where do you, where's the balance? At, at what point do you say, hey, look, we can't really be destroying the economy to protect this small subset of very ill people or like, how do you, how do you balance this? This, I mean, this is literally like wartime triage, right? ER, ER, lack of resources, having to decide who lives and dies. And it's messy. It's super, super messy. But I think there's a few steps that could be taken to greatly mitigate the majority of the risk that wouldn't be, wouldn't be at that big of a deal. Yeah. Tell us, cause it sounds like Serbia is doing well at this. Yeah. So what are those steps that, that we, what, what is the middle ground that the U S how do we fix this, Sam? <laughs> I, I outlined all of this on Twitter back in April. So here it is. I was like, it's Twitter. So this will lack nuance, but one, create a COVID-19 risk score, age, health, exposure, et cetera, and a risk assessment test that people can easily take next scale, social restrictions based on risk score until a vaccine is available. Next, keep high-low risk groups separated. Then maintain limitations regarding high-spreading risk environments, so schools, offices, large, event, large events, etc. Require masks for everyone outside their homes, especially if they're going to be indoors in public spaces. Ramp up testing, duh, for infection and antibodies. And lastly, just maintain a higher level of cleanliness, hand washing, sanitizing. Like that's it, right? Very, very little major effect 
for most people, some exceptions. I think the, the high-risk environments piece might be problematic. But for the most part, that way you can say, all right, look, if you're high-risk, you need to isolate. The rules for you are a little higher, unfortunately. You know, and maybe like maybe you have the right to ignore those risks. You, maybe you don't have to isolate yourself if you're high risk if you choose not to. I don't know, but I think at least the mask piece should be law. And I think the uh, limitations on environments, like number of people allowed to gather together in a space and how much space needs to be available per person, I think that should also be law. And then testing, testing should be free. No, no cost, no insurance. Period. All the tests are free. The government pays for the tests. That's it. I think that would be I think that would be sufficient, and I imagine within three to four weeks they would they would know just how well this is working, and the cost would be vastly less than what it is now. Yeah, I, I think you're. I, I mean, I completely agree. I I just can't believe that people can't just take one of those simple steps, which is arguably the easiest one. Get get like a freaking fifty cent mask, a one dollar mask, even a handkerchief, for God's sake. And when you go out in public, so many people are just even flouting that because they see it as this political statement. Uh, and to me, that's where I just say that I think is what's wrong with Americans. At least half of us, you know, or, or slightly less than half, is that they just see this as so politicized. They're so entrenched into their tribe that they will take ridiculous risks, unnecessary ones that put all of us. And, and prolong this bullshit for everybody by making their stupid ass decisions. And, and I'll tell you what, this is, there's an interesting mental thing that's going on that I'm experiencing as one of the ones who's been being very good about quarantining, locking down, not going out, you know, barely seeing anybody except for just close family. Who's also in quarantine. Um, I haven't been to the grocery store maybe, but two or three times total in the past, like four months, I order all my food. I've been having all these things delivered. I'm doing really good, but I look and I see all these fuckers that are out there not doing it. And it makes me feel pissed off. And you can probably hear it in my voice because I feel like I'm doing the right shit. Meanwhile, these idiots are out there going and doing the shit. I wish I could be doing. So so there's probably some jealousy in my voice too. I want to be out there doing that fun stuff. But I'm not, and I'm not doing it out of respect and out of courtesy for all my fellow citizens. But because there are enough of us that aren't doing that, it's coming back around on me. And it's it's prolonging the time that I have to be stuck in isolation and quarantine and not doing the shit I want to do. Dude, and it, get out, man. Get a, like You can afford to buy a passport in another country and just bounce. You should do it. <laughs> you know, fuck. I, I think I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> So, so Saint Saint Kitts, Saint Kitts and Nevis. You buy real estate in Saint Kitts and Nevis that costs at least, I think it's two hundred and fifty thousand U.S. dollars. So, just you know, a summer a summer home or something, and you get citizenship, and then you have a passport that you can use to go wherever. And there's tons of places that do shit like that, but count count me in, man. Just just <laughs> get get me out of the U.S. I can't deal with this bullshit. At least not until until Biden gets elected and Trump is out of here. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, I think that even once Trump isn't president anymore, I think we're going to still have a big problem because I think he's going to, his cult is going to still be there and they're going to be wreaking political havoc with, he's going to be on news networks, probably start his own fucking thing. And I, think, I think we're going to see a massive rebound, unfortunately, because things swung so far right, so hard, so fast. I think it's going to swing hard left and it's probably going to be at least another four to eight years until we can maybe get some middle-ish equilibrium depending on how all this pans out, honestly. 
But all right, we spent enough time, I think, ripping the U.S. a new one, which obviously right. it deserves at this point. But it deserves from an from an entrepreneurial perspective, this whole thing is a huge basket of opportunity. Whenever things go sideways, whenever there's a black swan event, like that is the time when all sorts of new opportunities pop up. So what kind of opportunities are those? Like what what can you what can you do? How can you take advantage of this? And I feel like, you know, the low-hanging fruit people dove right in. Selling masks, cool-looking masks, sanitizer, printed masks, delivery businesses obviously are are doing booming business. But what I have else? an idea. Like, I have an idea. Since, all right. since all those since all the megas don't want to wear masks, how about we make red masks that says mega on it? <laughs> <laughs> because maybe then they'll fuckers will wear them. Dude, I mean, you know, if Trump were to like send out masks to all his people that did that, they'd probably wear it. Just be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's show them that we can. I, I don't know. He'd have to. He'd have to spin it. He'd have to spin it. I, I would somehow. I'd have I, to think about how. Okay. If I see somebody not wearing a mask, I want to punch them harder than seeing somebody wear. And I've never seen this, but if I were to see somebody wearing a red mega mask versus somebody wearing no mask at all, I would choose to punch <laughs> the non-mask wearer before I would punch the mega mask mask wearer. Sure, sure, <laughs> right? Like, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I don't care about political views as much as long as, you know, I, I balance and non-extremism, but yeah, like, I don't care. You want to wear a MAGA, ma- a MAGA mask or a hat or a shirt or whatever. Like that's, that's fine. You do, you do you, but just wear, just wear the goddamn mask. mask. Yep. Yeah. So I, I think, I think there are a lot of opportunities here, right? Tons. There's opportunities in terms of helping companies to go remote helping them to put together, you know, policies and pathways to do that. There's opportunities for coming up with new unusual ways maybe to handle things like childcare, new sorts of hardware whether it's ventilation, HEPA filters, desk dividers, like I, I don't know, there's probably all kinds of stuff that could be done to retrofit offices to make them much safer and lower risk. I saw one company is, uh, they're creating like a, it's called like an air shield and it's for airplanes. And what it does is it creates an airflow that, that shoots air kind of in a wall down around you, around each person. So that let's say that you're sitting next to somebody and they cough or they sneeze, the air shield, um, blasts the particles of like the sneeze or whatever down into the floor so that they don't rise up and get into your, into your lungs. That's cool. That's a cool idea. What about something like, um, like making a really easy to use way to, to clean your phone, you know, and I'm not talking about like a freaking baby wipe that you have to carry around, but something that sanitizes your phone. I know that there's stuff out there that exists, but I I never see it marketed or anything. I feel like there's got to be an opportunity to do some better marketing around that. Um, I bet the phone soap is sold out now. So I got one when it was on the Kickstarter. Somebody my wife went to school with actually founded phone soap. But essentially, it's a it's a little UV disinfectant box. You open it up, stick your phone inside, close it, and it turns on a UV light and sanitizes it. What? Super good idea. Yeah, dude, they're they're awesome, and they make them in different sizes. So like, I think they have one that's big enough to handle a tablet. You could put your keys, your jewelry, like whatever. It'll it'll sanitize whatever you toss in there. Oh shit! It's like it's like a hundred dollars though. I just yeah. googled it. They're, they're, I think this they have a small version that's like 40 or something. I don't know. When I bought mine off the Kickstarter, I want to say it was like 30 bucks or something. Ash and I both got one. I might get um, one. Do, do you like it? Do you use it? I used it before we traveled. I mean, it's too clunky to, to travel with. But yeah, I threw my phone really? there all the time. So it's not like a travel site? Oh, wait, wait, wait. So so you don't Probably use it anymore? Could, like, 
No, well, I used it. I used it when we were in Seattle, but I didn't. I didn't pack it and travel with it. Like it was you know, un- unnecessary weight. Now I just take some fucking hand sanitizer to my phone. Like who cares about the oleophobic coating? Doesn't matter. All right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's stuff like that, right? Like there's all kinds of things, different different types of elder care or screening technology or whatever. Like I, I feel like there's just a tremendous number of areas of opportunity right now because there are, there are points in time where people become price insensitive in certain areas, right? So weddings, having a kid, going off to college, buying a home, planning a big vacation, like while you're on vacation, you become price insensitive. Mm -hmm. So I think right now, you know, when it's a matter of like protecting yourself from a virus and taking care of your family and like, I think in some areas, people are probably price insensitive, especially companies, especially companies that are struggling. And if you can say, hey, look, spend X and you can get your people back to work and start making money again, that X is a very... uh, appealing number almost no matter what the number is as long as it's within reason because what's going on right they're price insensitive so i think there's a lot of ways you could come up with you know a lot of things you could do right now that would make potentially a ton of money really interesting businesses and businesses you know this is this is the first pandemic we've had in quite a while but it's obviously not going to be the last one i mean you look at all of the shit that's happening you know the the variants on this and the other things that are starting to pop up it's like we're going to start having to be as a society much more conscious about how illnesses spread and the actions that we're taking to, to mitigate that. It's just not, it's not optional. And this honestly, this ties back into a lot of other stuff, right? So global warming, the warmer, the warmer the planet gets warm, warm is really good. Typically for most, most viruses, they don't do so well in the cold. They don't, they don't, don't do so well in extreme heat, but like warm and moist. Yeah, dude, bacteria and viruses love warm and moist. So at least mm-hmm. I think they do. I don't know. I, I think but so. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so yeah, like I, I think, I think as things get a little warmer, stuff like this, flu seasons, illnesses, they're going to stick around longer, last longer, more stuff will crop up. And then, I mean, that doesn't even start with like the crazy shit that happens. Like what happens when you thaw the permafrost and bacteria or viruses that have been trapped for thousands of years or millions of years start getting out again to which we have no, no immunity. So I, I I think we're going to, I think we're going to need to have like society level shifts to handle stuff like this. And that means a lot of business opportunities. I think so. So you know, the, the ones you mentioned really come back to like sanit, uh, sanitation. And, um, I, I think it gives somebody, especially a lot of us are feeling this sense of, of being out of control right now because this, this whole situation is just going on and on and our freedoms are being restricted because of it necessarily. So, and I think that, like you said, price insensitivity, insensitivity, people are willing to pay more for something right now because it gives them some measure of, of feeling like they're in control. Like this freaking phone soap is like 120 bucks, but I'm tempted to buy it because I feel like, well, I know I've, I've read a few places that your phone <laughs> is your most like dirty thing that you have. And do, seriously, do you ever oh, clean yeah. your phone and do you take it everywhere? Yeah. But so it's gotta be pretty dirty. So I'm kind of like, well, it makes me, maybe that would give me some measure of feeling uh, better or like I'm in some, have some measure of control over this. Um, 
And then there's this whole thing about the societal shift towards working from home. I think a lot of companies are going to be saying to everybody once the pandemic is over, just go ahead and stay working from home. You know, that worked out pretty well. And it's nice to not have, you know, and the employees are going to say, we, we like not having to commute and pay for parking and fight for parking and all that bullshit. And so there might be opportunities for providing some sort of service to companies that are in a work from home or a remote work environment. I also think when you're talking about looking for opportunities, it's also going to be important to think about how things are going to stay shifted. So for example, I don't think restaurants and movie theaters are going to come back. I, I don't I don't think it's going to work. I think for as long as this is a an issue, those places simply aren't going to be feasible and they're going to end up being hotspots for the spread of the virus. So I would I would plan on movie theaters and restaurants large sporting events, I would just assume those things are not going to be able to stick around for some time and start thinking of things you can do to to work with that. Like how how can you help how can you help major movie studios to make just as much money if not more off their brand new movies if they can't get them into theaters? Like what can you do? What are your options? People are already working on this for sure. And I think there's there's tons of things. But same thing, sporting events, right? How many of those can be taken online? How many of those can be made virtual? I read an article recently that was talking about like Fortnite and some of the cool custom one-off events that they're doing inside of the Fortnite world that are bringing in more people than any event on the planet ever, right? Like 10 yeah, million crazy. concurrent people watching a live concert in, you know, essentially like virtual reality kind of inside the world of, of Fortnite. Like, dude, this is, yeah. So I, I think cool, the... Yeah. I think I think the opportunities are limitless, but we're it's going to be a rough transition because like a lot of stuff is just getting shut off. A lot of things aren't going to be the same. Some people are going to suffer in the process for sure. Some businesses, many businesses are already closed. I think there will be plenty more that do. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a rough transition. But whenever there's a rough yeah. transition, there's opportunity. So it, it's, I'm sure we've got listeners right now who are either entrepreneurs or or considering becoming an entrepreneur. It's a it's a pretty. Uh, pretty choppy waters out there. Do you have any advice for, you know, should somebody take the plunge now is now a good time? Uh, or should you stay safe? You know, if you've got a job, keep it and, and work on your side gig, but don't take the plunge yet. Like, do you have any specific advice considering the, I would say now is the wrong time to start any sort of business. That's a nice to have if it, Unless it's like very tightly related to this. So, you know, having a mask with something printed on it, that's not a must have. It's a nice to have, but that's still doing okay. But I think for other stuff, you know, I, now is not the time to, to start a restaurant unless maybe it's a cloud kitchen. Now is, now is not the time to start any sort of like physical person to person business. You know, don't, yeah. don't go out and get a job as a masseuse or a hairdresser right now. I think both of those are not not wise stuff like that i so i would i would think through is your business that you are considering starting something that right now is a a must have is it going to be relieving a serious pain if so yeah go for it and especially if you can come up with something novel that relieves some of the burden of this corona crap please if you if you can relieve some of the burden of this corona crap please we 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 might be your first customers cuz this this shit sucks yeah man figure out how how me with an american passport can still continue traveling as a digital nomad i'll i'll pay for that <laughs> yeah and figure out how i can get out of my house and and stop you know looking outside longingly at the sunny weather and wishing i was out enjoying it well, dude, i mean come so. on like you 
so go fuck, go out and fucking do stuff. Just wear a mask and keep your distance. Like, you don't need to be, <clears throat> sorry, you don't need to be holed up inside. I think as long as you wear a mask and you keep your distance and you avoid being indoors with lots of other people, you're fine. You're, you're doing what needs to be done. And that still doesn't preclude you from going out for a walk or a well, hike okay, or no, a car ride. Or, I go do, no, I know. I go do walks and hikes and car rides. I, I do all that. But what I'm talking about is I, like, I, Oh, oh, let's see. A few weeks ago, I would have been at E3, right? Which sure. is the, the the big LA gaming convention with all sorts of fun shit to do, but there's lots of people. So they shut it down. Yeah, those, those um, are dead. Those are dead for a long time. I would have loved to go to Leavenworth here in, in Washington state, which is a fun little sort of getaway town with a river and you can float down the river and do tubing and all that. Well, couldn't do that because, you know, uh, hotels are closed or at very limited capacity and uh, tourism services are closed because of COVID. So we can't can't go do that sort of shit. Buy an so, RV. Yeah, might have to, man. I'm starting to go pretty stir crazy, and and if all these COVID idiots don't start <laughs> don't start wearing masks, then we're going to be stuck inside, not not able to do shit for a long time. You know, I, I've still got back in January, my wife and I bought uh, flights to Orlando. We were planning on going to Disney World in in uh, October, and. I, I think that the likelihood of being able to do that is probably around uh, single digits. Zero. Yeah. No, I mean, not gonna happen. It, it's not happening. And so I've got to cancel that trip and that's an annual trip that we do. And, and that's, that's sort of, that's really the highlight of our year. And so that's, that that's out. yeah. So that's the sort of shit I'm talking about. Like we, everything's getting canceled. Everything is, is, or, or it's just not open or, or not available. And, um, we haven't been to a restaurant in four or five months. And that's something that we love to do. Go out and have a drink and all that. But yeah, bars are super, super spreader spots. Now, you know, you got to raise your voice to, to hear because it's so loud oh, yeah. and noisy and that sends your spit particles all over the room and they float around and they infect people. And it's fuck man. Anyway, I, I won't, I won't get on then. I won't get, on, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox. But yeah, I, I, it's a it's a mess. I think I think the U.S. has done a piss poor job at handling this. I think the rest of the world is watching, you know, pretty much aghast. I think if you're entrepreneurial, there's opportunities, but it's it's a mess, man. It's a mess. And I, yep. I'll be honest, like I, I made this call years ago, but if you have the ability to go somewhere other than the U.S., I I do think the tide is turning. I don't think the U.S. is going to be doing well for a while. I do think it will eventually rebound and come out of all this bullshit, but I also think it's going to be years before the U.S. is back on an even keel. And things are starting to get much more you know, friendly business-wise in, in a lot of countries. Like a lot of countries now are starting to come up with uh, digital nomad visas that let you stay there for a year at a stretch instead of just the 90 days that most places do. It's very easy to start a business and sometimes very tax advantageous to start a business outside the U.S. There's huge tax benefits to just living outside the U.S. If, they're, if you're a U.S. citizen, you can use the foreign earned income exclusion to pay no taxes on like your first $100,000 and change of income if you earn it while you're outside the U.S. and you know a few other things to it. But like, might be time to, to jump ship for a bit if you have the ability to do so. Yeah, I'll be calling up Canada and seeing if they'll take me and Brit and the dog. <laughs> not, not right now. Right. They're not letting Americans in right now, buddy. <laughs> There's a wall, but it's on the northern border, not the southern one. Nope. Oh, oh man. Across the border. All right. Well, shit. So, yeah, I, I guess we spent most of the time sort of, you know, ripping America a new asshole. But like you said, <laughs> it deserved it. Um, and we spent a little bit of time talking about what it means for entrepreneurs. Um, 
yeah, I, I don't know that we have a lot of answers, you know, but um, hopefully we, we threw out some ideas that, that can help you if you're listening and thinking about becoming an entrepreneur or if you are a, an entrepreneur currently and you're thinking about what to do. I guess that about covers it, Sam. Anything else you want to cover before we uh, wrap up? No, man. I think, you know, we've harped on COVID a few times and we're both entrepreneurial. We're, we're looking at this just like, ah, what the fuck, man? Why? Why? Why can't people pull their heads out of their asses? But yeah, I, I, nothing else, nothing else to add. Let it go. No, yeah. I think we've, we've done it. All right. Wear a fucking mask. Wear a fucking mask. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening. Um, if you if you sympathize, if you feel us, if you if you res- if this resonates with the way you feel, uh, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter or uh, or LinkedIn, or shoot us an email at theentrepreneurcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you like what you hear, like it, leave a rating, a review, share it with your friends, help us get the word out. And man, reach out and let us know like what you like and what you don't like. Do you like this episode? Do you like episodes like this or the one we did before? Before, like, Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Help us to understand what type of content is most interesting to, to you so yeah. we can do more of that. All right. See you guys next time. 